Okay, let's, let's talk about Disney's streaming service for a second. Does this mean that uh, they're going to take like all the Star Wars movies off Netflix? Like the new Star Wars movies? Well, let's be real. I don't know how many people are actually re-watching The Last Jedi. Yeah, that's a good point. There are a lot of Disney movies on Netflix. Marvel. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. There's always like two Marvel movies on Netflix at the same time. Yeah, it was this last uh, Infinity Wars on on Netflix right now, which is a good pickup. And uh, Ant-Man 2. And it's, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, they just do like all the the recent Marvel movies. Let yeah. Me t- so, I mean, I'm assuming that their contract is set to end pretty much before the streaming service comes out. Wait, do you know when that is? I have no idea. I just know that Disney's taking over the world, dude. You oh, hear that 100%. Simpsons is going to be on their streaming service? Yeah, they they picked up Fox. Yeah. Dude, that's just crazy. Now they own, like, I think 20% of entertainment, all of entertainment. It just bums me out that uh, Hugh Jackman is never going to be in an Avengers movie. I really wanted to see that. Is that true? I don't know. I, I have no idea. I just, he, since he was under the Fox thing, like, X-Men was separate from Marvel. But Fox, they they now acquired. Yeah, now they, now they acquired it. So he could be. It just it's it's a never ending story of Mickey Mouse's conquest to own the world. I mean like uh-huh. you have you have Taika Waititi helping out on the Mandalorian TV show. Did you see that? There was like some trailer about the Mandalorian. That doesn't surprise me one they, bit. They got him helping out on it with also uh I'm worried that's who's gonna... the guy directing it? Uh Oof, Happy. Know. It's Happy from uh Iron Man. John Favreau? Yeah, John Favreau. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I did hear that. I like John Favreau. He's good. He's they're, a just, good director. they're just converting their Marvel directors over to Star Wars because they're like, hey, we need some help over here. We yeah. Gotta do something. You know, I'd be actually really, really happy if they just sort of sunsetted the MCU for a while. They might. I don't know. Just like, you know, just a little bit of a break. That'd be nice. They're not going to do They it, can't though. slow down the cash machine. I just can't wait for Ryan Johnson's Marvel movie. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Everything Comes From Something, episode, what is it, 43? Who knows? Is it 44? I don't know. Is it 45? No, I don't think so. Am I getting old? I go hard against 45. My name is Isaac Ransom. I'm Cameron Tuttle. Thank you guys for joining us here today. Today's episode is, of course, about Avengers Endgame. This episode will contain spoilers, but we will let you know when the spoilers begin, and I will put it in the timestamp if I remember. Sorry about that. (laughs) But you'll be able to listen up until we make it very, very clear that we're going to fall into spoilers. So, uh, Avengers came out today, technically. I saw the midnight premiere Thursday, which was yesterday. And Cameron, you went and saw it this morning. I saw an 8.40 a.m. showing because apparently I have to do a podcast about it. I probably wouldn't have seen it until like, I don't know, two weeks from now if I didn't have to do this. Sorry for forcing you into an empty theater. When did I see Avengers? Uh, you saw... I think it was a year after it came. No, no, no. No, no, no that's no. now. It was, it was like right when it came out on DVD, digital. Yeah. Which was like, that's like three or four months after it came out. Yeah, I forced you to sit down and watch it, and then we did the review on it. I had absolutely no interest in it, so. Well, you should. You should. Aren't you happy you saw it now? The last one? No, you saw the first one and the last one. Uh, yeah. They go hand in hand. Come on. uh, It's fine. So you're 846 hours of my life just taken from me, but that's all right. (laughs) (laughs) Your 840 theater was empty? No, it was 
packed. It was weird. It was a weird, like, coincidence. I don't know. Like, do people get up at 8 in the morning to go to a movie on Fridays? They will for Endgame, let me tell you. It's it's the conclusion. It's the conclusion of the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 1. But no one's really gone. Which is the end of Phase 4. No one's really gone, Isaac. I know. (laughs) I'm starting to notice that. I, like... Oh, I can't. I can't get into spoilers. I almost, yeah, yeah, yeah. I almost totally spoiled something. That's all right. Um, we're moving on from that. So this <laughs> today's episode is going to be a overall review, thoughts, and impressions of the movie. Uh, like I said, spoilers will be clearly revealed. But before we get to that, we just want to thank our Patreon supporters, our executive producers, Darren O'Neill, Kiana Lay Yap, and Eric and Ariel Walk. Thank you guys for supporting the show. Uh, they are on our creative team and they help us come up with decisions on where the show's going and what's happening with everything that comes from something. If you guys are interested in supporting us, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash CFS podcast. We have social media stuff that we'll post on sometimes about information, and hopefully the content is going to keep coming. I was gonna, it's gonna keep coming, dude. It's gonna keep coming every week. We do this podcast. Everything keeps coming. From Everything something. keeps coming. Just a quick reminder for you: if you listen to our last episode, which was about self care, we are taking a break at episode fifty. Um, we don't even know what episode it is, so who knows? Maybe we'll just forget. But we are definitely taking a two week <laughs> break. Yeah, and. Um, we just wanted to make sure that you were in on the loop if you skipped that last one. So In the loop. At all, episode 50. All looped up. So, if you support us on Patreon, sometimes you get to ask a question on the show, and uh, one of the producers just named, Kiana Le Yap, sent us a question. Cameron, do you ever, or, whoops, do either <laughs> of you have strange phobias? Cameron, hit us with your phobia. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of chandeliers. Um, oh, that's a good one. Yeah, they like kind of freak me out. Like especially the big ones. You know, if it's like a small one over a dinner table, it's all good. But, this is the terrible thing about sharing this phobia, Cameron. Is you're now instilling your fears into others. They weren't originally that's fine. Yeah, but like I'm sure people were completely unaware of the danger of chandeliers until you mentioned. Oh, it. chandeliers aren't dangerous. That's why it's a phobia. It's not like I'm saying chandeliers fall on people. It's just I saw cheaper by the dozen. Uh, and where he gets hit with a chandelier twice. Um, I saw a lot of, uh, you know, like Looney Tunes cartoons. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what, what's the famous scene with someone swinging on a chandelier? I can't remember. I'm I don't know. I'm going to swing <laughs> from the chandelier. See, that, I can't do that song. So, it scares me. Uh, what about, like, the fan that's spinning above your head no, right now? No, fans are fine. Fans are good. Yeah, fans freak me out. This one especially above your I head. Get that. It's because like we had to put weights to balance it. Wow. Oh, because it used to rock, right? That's right. I remember it. Apparently, you have to like set weights to make sure that the fan doesn't rock. I, that actually makes sense. I, yeah, I guess. I didn't know it was anything I was supposed to be aware of. Hmm. Hmm. For me, my phobias are pretty strange too. Okay. I really hate bare feet. Really? I, I really hate bare feet. It's like flip flops have always bothered me. Mm. Like uh, your own bare feet or other people's anyone's, bare feet? Anyone's. I don't even, like, I, I always wear socks. Have you ever seen From Dusk, Dusk Till Dawn? No. Um, it's a movie starring Quentin Tarantino. And if, I, as, no, as no. you know. I already know. Uh, Quentin Tarantino has a foot fetish. Um, and so he, he takes a shot off of Selma Hayek's foot. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Gross. That is just it's, it's really disgusting. Awesome. Actually. Nice. Okay. Uh, Keep going. Yeah, but no, I'm not a fan. Um flip flops are weird. I also feel like flip flops should only be delegated to girls. Why? Men wearing flip flops 
very, very just bothers me. I have no idea. The worst offender is flip flops and jeans. Just drives me. Oh nuts. No, 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 no. I have no idea. Wait, why. so you is that does that mean you never hang out with JD? <laughs> oh no, I do. Because <laughs> he always he never wears I'm shoes. So, I'm sorry, JD. You know that could have been the start of my phobia right mm, there. I get that. I get that. It just instills such uncomfort. I don't get a. I, that's. It's weird that you call it a fear, though. It's, it, it's you're like afraid of them. It's just weird. I don't know what mm. it is. Mm. Um, there, there was like this time where this gal was gal. like, <laughs> she was talking. We go back in time. Uh, that's just what I say. I don't know. Hey, we were hanging out at this like party, and she was wearing. She was wearing no shoes. That's weird. She was just barefoot. And I was like, where are your shoes? And she was like, oh, they're like somewhere over there. I like to like walk natural or whatnot. And I just looked her in the face. I'm like, that is so weird. And I'm very, (laughs) I really don't like feet. I just told her that to her face. And yeah, she just kind of looked at me and was like, oh, never went on a second date. No, I I never wanted to go on a date with her. (laughs) See, I, yeah, I, I ever since I saw that, ever since the feet, dude, uh uh-uh. I, I get that. I understand that. Um, like, if someone's walking around a public place with no feet, or with no shoes, with no feet. <laughs> How's that work? Oof, sorry. Uh, didn't mean that. Um, with no shoes on, and they're just walking around barefoot. Like, I, yeah, I don't get that. Yeah. Unless they're, like, going, like, swimming or something. Like, there's a, there's a pool party in the backyard or something. Sometimes I'll go to a rock climbing gym and it'll say like no barefoot climbing and there's yeah. that one guy who's barefoot climbing and I'm just like, dude. And you're like, please, hey, the sign says no barefoot <laughs> climbing. I pull out my whistle and start, <laughs> hey, you, <laughs> cut it out. Okay. What's another of your phobias? I, I don't, I'm not, I'm actually super masculine. I don't, I'm not afraid of anything. So that's it. No, no, I'm just no more phobias? I'm terrified of everything, dude. What are you mm. talking about? I don't know. What about you? You got anything else? Mm, I'm trying to think. Nothing that's coming to mind. Oh, I don't like jellyfish. Jellyfish scare me. Oh, I I never like been bothered by jellyfish. Jellyfish. Okay, here's my three reasons. Top three reasons why jellyfish are terrible. Okay, one, uh, they're invisible in the water. Oh, um, that is that is actually terrifying. You're right. Two, uh, they live forever. Do they? Yeah, they're biologically immortal. You're just educating me right now. So, yeah, this is because I'm, I'm, I'm a scared of them. <laughs> I'm a scared of them. I'm a scared of them. Um, yeah, so so they're biologically immortal. So they don't have any organs, right? They, they just, they're basically one big organ. Um, and then they have their stinger glands. Um, but they... Uh, Disturbed. They don't... So they don't have a brain or any, anything. And, uh, and that means that they their cells can just regenerate because they don't really like die because um, there's nothing like complex They're going on practically there. like a fungus yeah basically basically but they don't have they don't have a normal life cycle so they grow up and then they just keep going until they get eaten they don't die that is very either they what eats jellyfish either they wash on the on the shore or they or they get eaten by something what eats jellyfish uh there's a couple i mean there's fish in the ocean that eat jellyfish. <laughs> so I'll, I'll take you one step further. You reminded me of another phobia. I'm okay. terrified of deep water. Just any any ocean. Just don't like it. Mm, I don't know mm, what's out mm. there. Apparently, like, the earth is only 10% land or something like that, right? Yeah. What is out there? This is um, 
probably brought about by our fear of that of that ship level in Mario 64, right? There's so many things that that pour into it. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole scene with the lake in Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship. Yeah, I yep. didn't know what was out there, and there was something. Yeah, and yeah, like it's just bog. Like I'm more terrified of ocean than outer space and I've said that before on this show I'd rather die in space than in the ocean yeah but I kind of like um, there's this every now and then like a couple Facebook articles will pop up on my feed about this Russian guy who goes to like deep sea Russian uh, fishing Uh, Russian deep sea fishing I guess he's not fishing for Russians Um, but he uh (laughs) He goes and he comes back with these like weird, weird creatures that you're like, you're an alien. This is an alien. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, deep underwater sec like areas are practically identical to what I would classify as outer space. Yeah. No, I get that. Terrifying. And who knows? The kaiju may be coming through a portal mm. at any second. Mm. So. That's accurate. And as on the topic of movies, gee, this podcast is about a movie, so it's about time we talk about Avengers Endgame. Let's just get into impressions. Cameron, what do you think? I liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought it was good. I Um, thought it was a solid good. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Um, There are problems with the movie, and we're not talking about CinemaSin problems, (laughs) just like on a filmmaking perspective. I know I don't have the same authority that you do, Cameron, and I'm sure people want to hear what you think of like the construction of the movie itself but overall it's hard to sit through this movie and not enjoy more than half of it i would say yeah definitely if you have any ounce of care or enjoyment from any marvel movies this movie is meant to kind of feed into that like kind of just become this big fanfare for what marvel has done for for uh cinema yeah and and i think um you know no no spoilers here but i guess um i'll just keep it vague a good send-off for for a lot of the characters that we've come to love i think i think it um it works as a good sort of um nostalgic looking back through the ages and even if you don't care about the characters like i don't really care about most of the characters of the movies it was nice to to kind of take a walk through memory lane and and uh you know look at the look at sort of the past interesting moments so that's all i'll say about that yeah it's it's nice you know it obviously we're just going to spoil infinity war right from here not end game infinity war sure so you know if you haven't seen that you definitely have to see infinity war before you watch end game yeah the best thing about infinity war is that it cuts the cast down to the original cast of phase one yeah marvel yeah, yeah. so that's really what we're talking about where you get the opportunity to sort of reconnect and and really walk with these characters that have been around for a long time and these actors who have been pouring into these characters for a long time, and they just do a great job at connecting to you, connecting you with the original Avengers. That that is the exciting part, and it brings about emotions that following the older, like the the newer Avenger, like like Infinity War is great, and it's so fun to watch like all these characters clash. But really focusing on the OGs, there's just something like there's a fresh nostalgia that that comes with it 
I would say. Yeah, it's weird too because their their characters have kind of shifted in a lot of ways, and that's like fully on display in this in this movie, I think. Um, and then when you, each of them has a different sort of character to what they were um, back in the original Avengers, and and you can see that, and they kind of make jokes about it and references about it, and and that's fun. That's that's interesting. I like those sort of callbacks to an earlier time, an earlier era. Like if you think about it, 2012 was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, you know, 2012 was the year that uh, the original Avengers came out. Um, and it kind of changed superhero movies in a lot of ways. I mean, not really superhero movies, actually. No, it it did. It did. Uh, it changed the direction that, that DC was going, even though it was for the worse. <laughs> but the Marvel movies, I think, stayed relatively good throughout the ages, but it, it went in a certain direction. Um, and I would say that direction is like having an overarching, bridging story, um, one that you aren't really introduced to in the individual movies, but if you watch all of them, you kind of get a feel for each of the characters. And then they, every now and then, they'll have a big tent pole. They'll have a big staple. Like, okay, we're gonna do three movies that are focusing on individual characters, and then a big movie with those three, and then the other characters that you have seen before. Yeah, you really start to see the crossover with movies like Thor Ragnarok, where Doctor Strange shows up. For like at the beginning, yeah. For just some strange plot device reason, and you're like, "Oh, this world's connected. This world feels alive." There's like, there's this cool idea of world building, and of course, the Avenger films are the culmination of that. Yeah. Uh, built lore, I guess, is the right term for it. Yeah. But. It, but at the same time, you run into problems, um, and I think some of those problems. Uh, were really apparent in this movie like a lot of the cracks started to show of like well some of these characters are just kind of used to get you out of plot devices you know yeah. some, some of these characters are are uh you know deus ex machina some of these characters are not fleshed out in the way that you would if you were writing um if you were writing them as characters and not plot devices um you know that is a good point but marvel well, comic books have always been like that right? sure yeah and so it's it still doesn't mean it's right <laughs> i i agree with you as far as a writing standpoint goes but these stories have always been sort of simple like like that sure and yeah. what what interests me is that there was a trailer for the new x-men movie uh when we went to go see this movie my brother and i went and saw it um, with my sister as well and her husband but when we were watching this trailer for X-Men Glenn was like dude you remember when X-Men was super cool like Marvel used to be just Spider-Man and X-Men those were like the staples like yeah we didn't see no Avengers game I'm sure there was an Avengers arcade game I don't know about it Marvel versus Capcom but like there was an X-Men arcade cabinet yeah yeah that was like the stuff dude there's like no X-Men in this Marvel movie right well yeah, they're they're they haven't crossed over. Yeah. Yet. And I guess what I'm saying is like this could be a stretch, but the Marvel cinematic films really have fleshed out these characters beyond what their char- their comic book uh 
side is perceived as. Now, I can't say that I've read a ton of comics, but for, from what I've understood, the original Marvel comics, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, those are B-tier heroes. Mm. A-tier was like Spider-Man and the X-Men. And the X-Men those were yeah. the big sellers, right? And I would like to think it's because those comics had better writing than the old Avenger collective crossover comics that were being built at Marvel. It's right? possible, but it's also possible that they had to work with what they had, right? So in the 2000, in the early 2000s, um, Marvel, or maybe it was like uh, late 90s, Marvel was basically going bankrupt. Do you yeah. know about this no. story? Uh, Marvel was basically going bankrupt. And so they sold basically all of their IP, all of their good IP. So that was Sp- Spider-Man and X-Men. Um, they sold that the film rights to various studios. So Sony picked up the rights to Spider-Man um, and Fox got the rights, the movie rights to X-Men. Right. Um, and that's why you saw in, in 2001 um, was the first X-Men movie. 2002 was the first Spider-Man movie. Um, the first big Spider-Man movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Cause they just didn't have money to make movies for it. So they were like, well, we'll just sell you the, the film rights to it. Um, and instead of licensing out there, their IP, they actually just sold the film rights to yeah. to these different companies, um, which ended up being a bad move because then, you know, late 2000s comes around and they have enough budget to start trying to build the world um, that they're that they're going to go for, which is they start making Iron Man. Well, Iron Man was their first big success. Yeah. So they made Iron Man. They kind of made it into a pop culture staple. Um, Because it really didn't have a lot of sway. It wasn't like, like you were saying, it wasn't an A-tier character. Um, Yeah, there was a lot of interesting stuff going on with the first Iron Man movie. I mean, it was a comeback for Robert Downey Jr. who had been going through, uh, what was it, drug abuse? Mm -hmm. And to see him on the screen almost playing out a caricature of like how he may might have been seen or perceived yeah and then like the having yeah having that like redemption tale in a yeah. film like dude i think it just hit home something big which launched launched us even up until endgame right and i, I want to kind of bring the focus back to endgame what we were what i was saying about the writing and and the issues with this movie they're quite forgivable at the end of the day if you're a Marvel fan. This movie is made for the people who love Marvel movies. I've seen every single one, and it's like, it's just, the, the attention to detail and the fact that this hasn't fallen apart into a big mess is just mind-boggling to me. It's surprising to me, too. Yeah. I was convinced. I was convinced that if Infinity War was going to be a, a big trash heap, I was convinced of it. Because I was like, there's no way you can fit so many characters and make it be a convincing story. Um, and they did it really well. And I think part of it was because it was anchored around the villain and it was anchored around the um, the sort of big narrative. And then this movie... Again, I mean, I was skeptical, less skeptical than I was the first time, but I was skeptical being like, well, I don't know if they're going to be able to, you know, have the closure that people are expecting or have the closure that, that people need. And, um, and I think they really hit the nail on the head with, with what they did, um, as far as 
I mean, I get again. I don't want to spoil the main like plot device because I think it's important um, that you kind of go into it un- unassuming. Um, because if you know what it is, it kind of sounds stupid. <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about, um, but I think the I think the way that they handle it, the way that they shifted the focus from sort of the the recent Marvel movies and made it about sort of the journey and um, the early adventure and wh- how far they've come. I think that was a really fitting end to um, this sort of chapter. And I definitely, yeah, this, this movie takes place in about, it's like three big acts. And the first two acts are so character-driven and almost slow-paced, right? Now, there are pacing issues. Everyone's going to break this down. And I want to say this for the record. People are going to rip this movie apart in six months. You think so? I think that this movie is going to have a little bit of backlash similar to The Force Awakens. Mm. So not completely, like, valid, like, lash out, but, like... I mean, you've you've uh, discussed your disdain for cinema sins. Channels like that, or, or yeah, commentators yeah. like that, are going to have huge issues with uh, this movie. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But besides the point, you know, my my big thing: if you haven't seen this movie and you like Marvel movies, do yourself a favor, watch it. Cameron, you're not even a crazy fan of this series. And I feel like... No, even I you're kind like, of dislike it. Yeah, you're like, dude, this movie's so long. Do you feel like it was worth your time to see it? Yeah, I think it was. Um, in the way of like, oh, maybe people can kind of move on. <laughs> maybe we can all move on culturally from this big like um, zeitgeist this big event i i think one of the things that bothered me about the previous marvel movies is like going up to films like like ant-man or films like doctor strange you know these kind of lower tier characters where you're like everybody's like oh i wonder what they're gonna do with doctor strange you're like ah, does anybody really care nobody really cares yeah. you know and then they would get to the big tentpole things and that's basically what the smaller movies were trying to connect they're built for and and it was kind of it just tired me out really yeah i was like okay i i want a story that's actually like a cohesive story there are you ca- know, i want i want something that has a good beginning middle and end and it never feels like this is the end to a Marvel movie. It feels like there's no end to a Marvel movie. And this movie had one, and I was I was happy about that. Yeah. I quick note about this. This is just an idea I had on my head. I think the reason I, I want to say this too. I like Infinity War better than Endgame. Mm-hmm. Infinity War feels cleaner cut. And more straightforward, even though there are so many plots going on, like there is a final conclusion that just, I think, pays off and is is shocking, right? Thanos winning is such a different thing for Marvel to do, right? Yeah. And I wanted to know, as far as story writing goes, I'm I'm not big into how stories are written or anything like that, but I noticed that Thanos is this constant Mm -hmm. throughout the film. Yeah. He is You're talking st- about Infinity War. Yeah. He is the star of the show. 
This movie, you could tell the constant was supposed to be the original Avengers, but you just split your focus between six characters, right? Mm -hmm. And I wish that they had leaned even more into the Iron Man, Captain America character journey. And they, they spent a lot of time on it. But we like I love like I love these characters in this movie. Yeah, uh, it was those those are the OGs, right? Uh, even Thor is is there. There's there are some good scenes with just the original cast in this movie, and I wanted there to be more of a, he- a heavy focus on those constants. Like yeah, I could yeah. have cared less about freaking Blue Girl and her <laughs> anger, or you know. <laughs> Just some of the side characters are eye rolling, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just walking jokes. Um, like I love Rocket Raccoon, and I thought he was good in this movie, but he he was where he needed to be. Mm. A side note, yeah. right? Unlike Angry Blue Cyborg, who got more screen time than she got so much. Screen yeah, time. I was like, what the heck, dude? Like, I don't. I liked her better in Guardians Two and. Yeah, I just liked her better in Guardians too. I, it, her her whole, um, character arc was feeling exhausting, uh, in this movie. Oh, and one of the problems with and her it, as a character is she she's very flat. Well, she. I she, mean, I understand that she's a robot, <laughs> but like, she doesn't have that much character. You know she I mean? evolves in Guardians too, and that's why she makes sense in that movie. She actually changes as a person. Or, or as a character, but in this movie she remains the same throughout throughout the movie, right? Yeah, pretty much. And that is that is not how you write a character. Really. But she again, she's an important plot device. This is what I mean. This, this is exactly one of the things that that I'm saying is like. Oh, you're you're right. Yeah. Um, she has so much screen time because she needs to because of the plot <laughs> right and so one of my frustrations with not even just this movie i think it's marvel movies in general is they tend to use their characters instead of instead of having them actually have an arc and have a have character development be you know go through um elements of the journey they use them as plot devices they use them to forward the narrative because they, I think it's because they have an overarching um, vision of what they need to be, you know, yeah. of what they, of what these people, speaking of vision, where was that guy? He's dead. What? How did he die? He's got, he got his, um, he stone got, ripped oh, out of right, his head. Right, 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 right. Good riddance, dude. I mean, like he's just, he was boring. But no so. one's really gone. No one cares. Like, just let him be dead. Yeah, I would fine. love to know if there's a kid out there who, like, just loves Vision. Like, Vision is his favorite <laughs> Avenger. Like, he's got posters of Vision on his wall and whatnot. Like, nobody. has got nobody. posters of Vision on their wall. Come on, man. Like, that character, boring. It was the same thing with Hawkeye in the first Avengers, though. Yes. Like, this, is always, this has always been a, a Marvel thing. It's always been a Marvel thing. Right, but Hawkeye... Characters need to... Characters in Marvel movies need to serve their plot functions. (laughs) First and foremost. Yeah. When it really should be motivation and and almost a character journey, right? Yeah, of course. And I think Hawkeye is good in this movie. He got a lot of screen time. Oh, 100%. He's great. I loved... They 
they open the movie with Hawkeye. Yeah. And that scene is like super affecting. I think it's really good. Um, and a great callback from, from the first, from Infinity War. And uh, callback from Age of Ultron, which is also weird. Oh, I didn't see that movie. Avengers 2. Yeah. They, did they like, they kind of buried that movie. Dude, Avengers they? 2 is a mess, but also like it, it retains a ton of foreshadowing it's like that was the movie that they decided that what they were going to do with with this stuff not maybe all the way with thanos's writing but like there's a vision like uh scarlet witch does this vision to tony that i totally forgot about and i watched it before i went and saw this movie and it's not like identical to the final scene but it's like tony's ptsd visualized in like this trippy experience where all the avengers are like dead around him Mm. and captain america's shield is broken uh and it's just like there's all this like foreshadowing and tony references his vision uh that was infected by scarlet witch in this movie does he? Which, yeah, well, he I does. Remember. He. Do, I, I was like, I can't believe you just said that. Like, <laughs> Age of Ultron's not dead. Mm, like the freaking mm, mm. the freaking farm that uh, Hawkeye lives on is the farm that's in Age of Ultron. Mm. There's like a scene where all of them are at the farm, which is probably one of the better scenes in that movie. Um, and Clint is like, eh, I'm retired. This is where I'm living now. I'm done being an Avenger. Mm. And yeah, so yeah, he was he was really good all around. A lot of great performances from the actors especially uh natalie portman she was great (laughs) scarlett johansson robert danny jr and uh chris evans yeah they really really did a great job oh excellent especially yeah just like awesome job should we get into spoilers i think it's time if you are at all interested in a mar in marvel at all if you've seen a marvel movie and you feel a, a slight hint of maybe wanting to go see this movie just go see it yeah. Especially if you saw the last one. Especially if you saw the last one. Don't go see this movie if you haven't seen the last one. And if you don't care, then keep listening. It's it's all good. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into the spoilers. And sometimes, like, spoilers help you appreciate a movie more. So, is that but true? Th- this is, I mean, that's oh, how I felt about us. Oh, because you saw us. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. That's how I felt about us. And yeah, I get why Tim Smith does it, that weirdo. Anyways, besides the fact this is your final warning for spoilers, we are getting into spoilers, and I'm definitely not doing a timestamp because I already forgot. <laughs> 34, uh, 35 minutes, Isaac. Don't this forget. Is, this is actually quite fitting because now we have like 25 minutes left to talk about spoilers. It's perfect. Let's perfect. get into it. Let's get into it. So, the plot device. I loved that one uh, thing where... Um, uh, where Joe Biden comes back uh, as old Captain America, and he and he he touches Bucky. He t- he sniffs Bucky's hair. What? <laughs> that was fun. Bucky, Bucky's a jerk, dude. Is he? No, that's just the j- the joke that brother my brother and I have. I didn't see um, uh, Winter Soldier. I love that movie. Yeah, I didn't see it. You hate on the Captain America films, but they're good. I. The kind best, of hate on the first one. Probably the best trilogy. Dude, remember how Red Skull, Skull is um, the villain in the first Captain America? And then now he's just hanging out on a mountain. Yeah, the test like, beamed him to the Soul Stone or something. What? I don't oh, know man. what's happening. I, I, 
these movies, they got to rein it in a little bit. Well, I'm confused. If the Tesseract beamed him to the Soul Stone, but the Tesseract is a stone as well, mm. that makes no sense. Why isn't the Tesseract holding Red Skull within it? But was he kind of just like, did he get there and he was like, oh, well, this is my life now. This is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to hang out in this mountain. And then every time two people Doesn't come to me. Doesn't he explain it in the first one? He says, he says I've I've fought my whole life to acquire the soul stone, but to achieve it, you must give up something you love. And he doesn't love anything. He doesn't love anything. Because he's a heartless, soulless person. And he's a Nazi. Hail Hydra. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That big, was a funny scene. That was a funny scene. Great scene that I missed. Really? That you went to the bathroom? I, that's when I went to the bathroom. Ooh, wow. Yeah. People are like, one. dude, you missed the Hail Hydra elevator scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is a callback to Winter Soldier, actually. Mm. Uh, there's a scene in an elevator yeah. in that movie. And he beats uh, everybody up. Yeah. So, th- the same people that were in the elevator with yes, him. Yes, which yes, is, yes. Which is funny. Um, so, yeah, the plot device is time travel. Which is excellent. It's exactly what I wanted from this movie. I wanted them to go back into the scenes. It's what everybody thought. It's what everybody thought, but it, it's they did it so well. Like I said, the second I think they did the second act is the best part because you get to walk back in those movies. Now, Thor: The Dark World. As <laughs> I mean, come on, I don't think anybody really wanted to go back to relive that. But I it, think again, it was kind of important as a plot point. His mom. His mom. Is, his is mom a, yeah, important and thing. that was a good scene. I mean, yeah. like. They didn't show anything from Thor The Dark World. Like, they showed a lot of things from the original Avengers. Yeah. But they didn't show absolutely anything from The Dark World. Um, because nobody remembers that movie. Because it was well, kind of no, not they, very they, good. Well, no, they showed the, the, the prison where Loki's in. I I didn't hate Dark World, but everyone's going to hate me for saying that. Um, I don't know. I don't, think, I don't think I'll ever watch it again, but... Okay, so let's just go through... Um, Everybody knows what we're talking about, but I just want to go through. They go back to each of the... They go back to specific movies. Specific scenes in in the specific movies. Yeah. So, Captain America, Ant-Man, and Iron Man go back to the first Avengers. Um, Thor, Rocket Raccoon go back to... um, What's it called? Dark World. The Dark World. You missed Hulk goes with. Uh, oh, Hulk, yeah, yeah. Hulk uh, is there, Iron but Man, he goes Iron to Man, he uh, goes to hang out with Doctor Strange's bald lady. Yes. Um, and then, uh, um, Blue Lady, Angry Robot, and yes. uh, Don Cheadle. <laughs> <laughs> they they stay at the place. Guardians Galaxy One. Oh yeah, intro dance scene area. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then uh, Hawkeye and Scarlett Johansson fly to Dormir, where the Soul Stone is. Right for that scene. So they're all trying to to catch the stones before they before before he gets them or something. I don't know what 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 were they doing? <laughs> yeah. So this is where the movie kind of starts to make like there there you just have to suspend your disbelief because there's a little bit of like misunderstanding everyone's referencing back to the future they're like oh time travel doesn't make sense but we're actually talking about reality warping and how reality is changing and also time is changing like but they still call it time travel yeah so it, it it's kind of a big mix it doesn't matter we're here to enjoy the last avengers movie that's you kind of just have to shut your brain off and enjoy and, it and i would say that these scenes speak so well just because everything in new york is fantastic yeah i would say um the scene where Iron Man and Captain America go to the S.H.I.E.L.D. base, I love. 
I love that scene. Oh yeah, the they go back to 1970. Yeah, that was super cool. That, that was, was a, that was a great scene, and he talks to his dad, which is so funny. Also, excellent performance. Oh yeah, uh, by Robert Downey Jr. And his dad did a great job of not knowing what the heck was going on, which was really good. He's too. got a weird beard. Yeah. Um. Uh, I want to say that the scene with Hawkeye and uh, Scarlett Johansson, Black Widow, that was a a really good scene too yeah i i liked it a lot how they were fighting to sacrifice themselves yeah yeah it was it was really neat um and I, exactly what their characters would do too like that's yes and i loved how there was the scene where red school's like you must give up something you love and then it cuts to them just sitting there like they'd been there for a little bit mm, yeah like oh what are we gonna do this is stupid like <laughs> they're trying to figure it out right very very good choice of two characters to go awesome callback to the original avengers as well because they had a really good connection yeah in the first avengers movie they were like the b tier of the main five <laughs> well they're like the super assassin agents that like also were beating each other up yeah. i don't know if you remember hawkeye gets turned into a agent from loki in the first yeah 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 one and so there's like this sort of tension between them but they care about each other because they've been with shield together for a long time so um yeah, like really, really good scene, and then and Scarlett Johansson finds him in this movie, so he's like off in Japan. Yeah. Um. Oh, another thing that we forgot to mention. The beginning. Yes, this is actually really important, and it's one of the things that bothered me ish about it. The beginning sequence is very, very like disjointed, rushed through. Yeah, disjointed, rushed through, but it's understandable i think they really hit it's important they it's, hit yeah. good beats with characters that were like like captain america trying to help people like they're in almost like an aa circle or something right trying to get them to push through their no depression no no or i mean or, i mean like the very beginning like what you might consider the conclusion of infinity war where they um they what do they do they go to the planet and they they're like talking weirdly and then oh, Rocket yeah. Raccoon knows where he is for some reason and then and then they go and they they cut he they cut Thanos' head, head off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So everything about like where our Avengers are at the 5 years later is great. Yeah. But you're right that it's dis- it's a jarring switch from the very somber um haunting scene with Hawkeye's family mm, cuts yeah. to weird jazz music. Uh, with the Marvel logo, and then the jazz music is playing with Iron Man being stuck out in space and dying, which I thought was great. Yeah, really good. Captain Marvel just shows up for no reason. Oh, we never see her. Deus ex machina. We never see her like actually meet the Avengers. She's just there. She's just at... annoying. Yeah. Wow. What a terrible character in this movie. <laughs> just absolutely awful. I didn't I didn't love Captain Marvel. There there were things that I did enjoy about it, but really forgettable overall. But like she is just so easy to hate in this movie. And we were saying like being a snarky character in the Marvel universe is nothing new, right? But being snarky with no heart or no soft side, now that's just obnoxious, dude. She's she, just rude. She's just She's straight. not even snarky, she's just rude. Like there was this scene where Rocket is like 
gee, where have you been? Like, come help us out, right? With this thing. Why can't you get, right? Obviously, it's like setting up a joke. And her response just kills the mood. She's like, well, if you had to go around fixing all the planets, I wouldn't be talking. And you're like, I don't know what I was supposed to feel right there, but I hate this character. <laughs> like, like seriously, I don't know if you're supposed to be like, oh, haha, she got him. Or I don't know if you're supposed to feel like, oh, wow, she's really going through a lot right now. No, like the only response to that kind of sassiness is like, yeah, just... Don't care for you. Jeez, lady. Okay. Yeah, like, uh, and then Don Cheadle. What are you saying about Don Cheadle? Don Cheadle. Yeah, they they have this interaction where where he's Don Cheadle is like this is before, but he's like he's like listen, lady, we're a team here, and then she's like, yeah, well, I'm Captain Marvel, and you're just Don Cheadle, and you're like, you're like, dude, why do you why are you why you got to so rip rude? on him? He's crippled. Like, yeah, exactly. You have to be like so rude, and she has no absolutely no connection with any of the characters. This, this is the other thing that bothered me, other than her just being a a giant Deus Ex Machina. Um, she, as in, she comes in at really convenient times and and saves the day, but yeah. it's just she just fulfills her plot purpose. Nobody cares about freaking goku power levels whatever but she um the the thing that really bothered me was that at no point in this movie does she ever like do anything personable with with the characters you know what i mean everybody else everybody else has like a either a touching moment with one other character or they have like you know jokey banter or like even ant-man who's like kind of the outsider he he's got he's got that taco sequence with with hulk which is so funny dude if you are a taco bell (laughs) fan you need to go see this movie (laughs) which what that's a funny sequence every uh, i was gonna say everything with ant-man in this movie was better than every ant-man movie i've ever seen like i loved i've never liked paul rudd if you've listened to me talk about marvel movies i've never liked him he was fantastic in this movie yeah and he just killed his scenes he did an incredible job and he's he's kind of just the goofy like outsider and he's snarky too everybody in this everybody in this movie is snarky snarky out okay he's a snarky outsider who loves the avengers yeah 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 exactly he kind of fills in that like spider-man role yeah because spider-man's not there um, when Spider-Man's innocent, like Paul Rudd is like very uh, sarcastic and also self-deprecating, which is just so fun to be around. Yeah, right? but then Captain Marvel, it's like she could never have a joke be on her. The pride. She oh she's uh, she's just such a terrible character. The pride and the power. Like I can't understand why she wouldn't why they wouldn't joke about. Like, okay, in real life. Let's talk about in real life right now. I know we're talking about time travel and powers yeah. and whatever. In real life, there was a person who's that much of an a-hole, like everybody else around her would joke about her. Yep. Everybody else. And especially if they were like, if she was the outsider too, they would be like, oh man, what's this person yeah. do you know like they they would make jokes about her yeah, and that and she, never happens in this movie and she leads the charge in like the woman empowerment scene in the final fight right the, that scene like there is nothing wrong with like that representation I love the idea of girls having someone to look up to right and having heroes but I was telling you earlier before the show like this scene did a disjustice to the characters who were in that moment because they're just faces in an action scene. They don't, like, there's no... Like, why is Pepper Potts in an armor suit? <laughs> well, no, it's not It's not just that. It's not that they um, like are just he, faces. It's like, 
they they're supposed to be this moment they all come together and it's supposed to be like this big empowering girl power moment but what it really does is it makes each of the characters on their own be a lot weaker yeah it makes each character be like oh so you have to be in this big group of girls to to actually stand out or do anything you know what i mean like like there's just this moment where it's supposed to, it's supposed to be a big cheer moment and there was a bunch of these that really didn't f- that it seemed like you like you had the prime audience for it right yeah. where um it was opening night it was like 12 o'clock and it seems like even some of th- those moments the big cheer moments they fell di- flat didn't go through the one like the the biggest there were huge laughs with all the throwback time travel stuff. Yeah. Right. I will say it again. That is my favorite part of the movie. Oh, it's all great. the time travel yeah. stuff. Except for blue angry blue girls stuff. I really I really wanted to see more funny things with Star Lord dancing around, but they just knock him out. Yeah. Which was brutal. <laughs> and uh I, it was funny too. I, I just like everything with Thanos's daughters. I was like, dude, I feel like I've watched this scene a million times. The daughters <laughs> it's of all the th- same. They're like, they're like, oh, should we help dad? No, we shouldn't help dad. The daughters yes, we of should Thanos, help dad. we've watched it a million, like we've seen it in Guardians. Every we've movie, seen it every single movie. Guardians 2, we've seen it. Every movie they're in, they're having this daughters of Thanos conversation, right? And so that was boring. Like that was boring. And then like, the sadistic guy at the corner who's like, should we rip her apart? <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, evil space Squidward. Yeah, that guy... <laughs> He's all right. Um, so that was boring, and it leads us to like this this final fight where they have the the stones, and so that that's what we were talking about with the lady scene. The biggest cheer I got out of my crowd was with Captain America and the hammer. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, which was a my, big. Me too. Yeah, it's a big yeah. moment, right? Um, I thought that scene was cool, and I I love there's the most artistic visual scene one of the things i liked about uh infinity war is there's this like galactic massiveness to to that whole uh movie yeah, I, I just yeah. feel like there was like a lot of cool art direction with uh i keep wanting to say boromir Vormir. <laughs> uh that Vormir planet looks Vormir. super cool with the, uh, the clouds and and the eclipsed planet in front yeah. of the sun and whatnot like that's that's awesome. We get to visit that planet again, but the most visually stunning scene is with Captain America, the broken shield, and the massive army that comes yeah, down. Yeah. And finally, when uh, Josh Brolin really kicks into his character, because he's kind of a dead character, because he's unaware of what's going on because of the time travel, um, he really kicks into gear in the last in the final scene. Mm. I love that part where he's like. No, this is personal. Yeah, right? yeah. Where he's like, he's like, everything that I do, it's never been personal. But I'm going to really enjoy your. He's like, destroying I'm t- your tiny yeah, little planet. I'm gonna rip your planet to shred. I'm like, oh, there he's back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The purple master is back. Yeah, I mean, because he falls. Okay, so Thanos as a as a villain, um, in every other movie but Infinity War, he falls into this background sort of like. I'm the the mean blue bad guy who's gonna be a problem later. Right. But and I'm f- not one now. He falls back into that. Yes. In this movie. And it sucks because he's so prominent in Infinity War. He's he steals the show. Yeah. And in this movie he does not. It's not his show anymore, which is fine, right? But we spent so much time with him in the last movie, I would have loved to see 
more. I would love to see an an, uh, an acceleration or or a new arc for his character. Yeah. Um. I wished if I had written it, this is what I was gonna say. I would have loved to see him become insane, to the point where like he has revelation through angry blue robot seeing like they're coming back. They're trying to reverse what I did already. Am I going to be fulfilling this destiny endlessly? Am I caught in this loop? Like I would have loved to see him just yeah, go mad yeah, yeah, yeah. where he's like, I succeed, but for what? Right? Like I I'm forever trapped in this chase for the gauntlet. Right? Yeah. And for him to like come to terms with that and lose it and be evil. Right for that sense, where he's like, "I'm gonna destroy the Avengers because they're ruining my destiny." Right. Mm, mm. Um, but I I do like his line about it being personal, and the other line, "I'm inevitable," is super cool. Like yeah. I I thought that was like very daunting. But if I could have rewritten it, I would have loved to see a little bit more depth in Thanos because he was so prominent in the last movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it was appropriate that he wasn't. In the last movie, he took up so much screen time, yeah, and it was it worked, and that's what held the movie together. It was all centered around his character, and them reacting to his character. Um, but this movie, it was, um, I think they needed it to call back to the earlier movies. Um, yeah, no, totally. And I think that's why it was appropriate to not make it so much about him and make it be about about the original cast and about the original movies and the journey um but, and I, I but Cameron what is a movie that you can think of where there is an excellent payoff for every single character throughout the movie it's for like every prominent. character I mean, not necessarily every character, but like where it's done masterfully, and I and I understand. Well, I mean, Us was the most recent one that that did it super well. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I see, I see what you mean. Um, I didn't really think about that that much. Yeah, but the characters are great in Us, and maybe it was just completely unnoticeable for me because they were so well put together. Um, but for me, it's actually the Russo brothers' Civil War, and. I know that you roll your eyes at Civil War. You've never finished it. No, I, I watched it. I no, watched it in theaters. You say you never remembered it. I don't remember it. <laughs> I watched it in theaters, though. But Civil I said I didn't like it. Civil War holds one of the best, like, character payoff for every single character in that movie. Now, there are, I think there are, like, three characters that really don't have an arc. Mm. But it, it shows how every character does have an arc. And every character is different at the end of that movie. Yeah. Except for Ant-Man, who's just, I don't know. He's just is geeking he in out. that movie? Yeah, he is. Oh, I could not Ant-Man even and Spider-Man that. are the jokes in that movie. They're um, both in Civil War? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, well, right, 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 right. Because well, they fight in the in The, the airport. Airplane. The jarring airport scene where it's not serious for one second. It's actually all fun in that scene. That's yeah. like the biggest problem with that movie is that... There's a, it's a different movie for 45 minutes in the middle. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but that movie has like really great payoff for every character, including the villain. Mm. Um, like, so who's the villain? Zemo, which nobody, <laughs> oh, man. Re- nobody, I could not even tell you. That. Nobody remembers Zemo. And that's what I love about Zemo is cause that's his whole purpose. Like 
this is what's ingenious about that movie, and I'm just going to rant about it for a second. His villain arc is that he's like, it's not about me. I'm crazy, and my goal is to just have the Avengers fall apart mm. because they never did any good. And my my only goal is to turn them against each other. Mm. And then he goes to commit suicide at the end. Like, I bet you don't even remember that. Nope. He points a gun at his head, and he's like, I'm done. I did what I needed to do. And then Black Panther stops him from killing himself. And Black Panther says, dude, you're going to pay for the crimes for killing my dad. The whole time I thought it was the event that it was. Oh, right, 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 right. But it was really you, you know, that does he pay for the crimes? Uh, yeah. He ever see him again. No one's ever gone. So he gets put in some weird chamber Uh, thing. So so he's going to come back sometime. Yeah. Gosh. See, okay. Um, Oh man, I was going to say, I totally forgot what I was going to say. This is embarrassing on a podcast. That's okay. That's how I've kind of felt the whole time. Let's get back to Endgame. Yeah. I Yeah. Like, I wanted to see more of that payoff for each character. Really, the big payoffs, the huge payoff is Cap- Captain America and Iron Man. And Iron Man. Yeah. And I think, I think the, I think all five of, well, all four of them minus Hulk have- Hulk and payoff. Thor have really weird- like they're they're very jokey, the whole yeah, subplot yeah. with Thor being fat and lazy. I thought that was great though. Very funny, good. Uh, There's no epic workout montage, which I was expecting because I was like, dude, come on! Like I just no, he had a fat suit on the whole time too. Like as yeah. in like his suit of armor was was a fat suit of armor in the yeah. end, <laughs> which dude. is hilarious. It was so funny. Um, and then Hulk, he he has this like he's stuck in between um being bruce banner and being the hulk so he's like yeah. the hulk the whole time but he he talks like bruce banner so he doesn't have like the hulk voice hipster hulk but he yeah he's he's got like glasses he uh he takes pictures with kids yeah it's fine it's like it's whatever i didn't really like his character in this movie yeah i mean he he again was another thing it was it was like he was being used as either a joke or a plot device I think um, that, yeah, the either joke or plot device is the Marvel trope at this point. Yeah. So it's always refreshing to see the payoff, and I think that's why other Marvel movies in the past have worked so well for me. Mm, yeah. Um, movies like Guardians, Guardians 2, Civil War. Mm, I don't know about Ragnarok. Ragnarok is pretty joke-heavy. Like, most characters are just there for a joke. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the films like that where they have great payoff. Um, but I think it was appropriate. I mean, for both for both Iron Man and Captain America, they had um, they had these really interesting, almost like send offs. Yeah. Both of them had had like a a really nice um, like chapter closing, mm-hmm. and and I thought, I mean, I thought it was really great and really well done. I loved, I mean, the end was so, so great where he's just dancing with, uh, what's her face. Oh, I know. It was so good. So sweet. Man. I was like, I was like, it's hard not to like feel so happy in that moment. Yeah, exactly. And then because he's been through all the movies constantly with that stupid thing of his girl like he's just like his character is like always like such a good-hearted guy right yeah 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 and you want you want something good to happen to him nothing ever good happens to captain america no and you know again with the funny time travel stuff 
does this mean that he's not an Avenger and he doesn't do all the important plot heavy stuff that he does in all of the movies? Probably, but you know, whatever. It's all right. Um, is that what that means? Right? I don't know. What happens to, to Captain America? He just doesn't exist. No, I, I, I think he does. He, how? I think, I think what ends. I'm up, still confused about the time for, travel stuff. For me, I think what happens is it he goes back and is living, and he would be an old man when he gets found in the ice again. So he's an old man, and he would see himself. And a young man. So he's two. Yeah, he's there's two, two of them. Got it. Got there's it. two of them at the same time. Okay, so, I'll, I'll live with that. Yeah. He's um, like, hey, uh, honey, we're not living in New York. But does that mean these... he just gets stuck in an endless time loop? That is what it means. Why? Because he he wakes up in the ice and he's and then he does the Avenger stuff and then he goes back in time and then he wakes up in the ice and then he does no, the Avengers. What? Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, because he. No, it's a it's a consistent plot. This is follow my finger on the table. Here he is. Okay. Born, military, Captain America, ice. Mm-hmm. Right. Remember this. He wakes up, becomes Avenger, all the normal stuff, goes back in time to be old, right? Here he is uh, being woken up in the ice, right? And then he does the stuff. There's all two the of stuff. them. There's two of them. They're living the same time, right? He goes here. He's probably, as an old man, walking to that bench while Captain America is still teleporting. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. And then there's two of them. Because then he goes back in time There's again. two of them. He's stuck in a loop. This is what I'm saying. He's and stuck he in a loop. And he goes back in time. And then he becomes Bruce old Willis again. Bruce Willis shows up with a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm telling you, he's in a time loop. Uh, yeah, there's forever Captain Captain America's being pooped out. Yeah. Old Captain America's in that moment. Yep. Yeah, but the loop ends with his death as an old man. No. He's just reproducing the same... Yeah. He just keeps going in the circle. But he would never know anything else, No, he wouldn't. Right? So why does it matter? I'm just saying, there's there's Captain America's for days. Forever. In that short period of time where he's needed? I don't know. Like, it, that's, that's what I'm saying. We gotta sh- You gotta shut your brain off with that <laughs> stuff. Yeah, just enjoy it. Just enjoy the send-off. Just enjoy it. But I, again, I'm happy with, with the way that they did it. With the way that they sent off Captain America. Very That excellent. was appropriate. And like it was appropriate that he ended as an old man because that's what he always wanted to be. And that's Can what, you, what he always uh, was. Dude, I cannot wait for Justice League 3 where they're going to try to do something like this. <sighs> it's. I thought they stopped the Justice League movies. Who knows, dude? I just they're gonna do Justice League two and it's gonna be really crappy. It's gonna be with Aquaman and Wonder Woman, and, and then they're then gonna do uh, no Justice one. League three where they think they have to do a send off for Ben Affleck's Batman character, even though he's out of contract. So they're gonna pay him like two billion dollars to come back to be Batman for like thirty minutes of screen time. Here's the real question: Why didn't they make Superman have a mustache <laughs> in Justice League? Just like yeah, why not? Just have him have a mustache. He's like, yeah, I'm just trying this new style. People would have accepted it. I don't know. You think people wouldn't have been down with Superman who's got a creepy pedo stash? (laughs) (laughs) I got no idea, dude. Any other thoughts on Avengers? Um, Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was good. Now, can we move on and talk about better movies? 
<laughs> yeah, I, I would say that, like, this phase of Marvel movies, while everyone is not a gem, I'm excited to eventually go back in time and be like, hey, like, my children, just like Star Wars, we can also watch these Avenger movies. They're or they're fun. They're exciting. Then they get really dark in the last, like, third, but yeah. that's all right. <laughs> You'll be older by that time, yeah. you know. Yeah, like, I, I think it's a great staple for cinema, and it's it's incredible that a studio has pulled something off like this. This will be the defining genre of the decade, yep. 100%. Um, basically just Marvel movies, actually, <laughs> which is crazy to think about. And 2012 to 2019, I know that's only seven years, but basically, I mean, I guess you could say since 2008, since 2008. That this was the era of superhero movies, um, and a lot of these eras end up happening in like eh, ten, f- fifteen years. Yeah, um, with the westerns. Yeah, uh, horror movies go through periods of of like ten years of good, ten years of really bad. Um, you know, a lot of these staple genres do, uh, and so. So, what is the next, like? Genre? Genre that's going to pop up. It's a good question. What if it's a hybrid spin? Like, crossover genres? Like... Pastiche. Dude, how obnoxious would that be if it was, like, Star Trek, Star Wars crossover is, like, that is the... Like, they're just mixing things. Well, let's think about what was the 2000s. Um, Matrix. What defined... No, 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 no. (laughs) What defined the 2000s? Because that Matrix as far was as 1999. Goes, oh, my bad. Uh, well, it was a trilogy, remember? It goes up in like 2003. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. Um, the 2000s. Will you tell me, film major? I have no idea. It's kind of a mystery period. Um, at least for me it is. Well, uh, there there are superhero movies starting in there with the original yeah. Spider-Mans, X-Men, uh, Batman Begins. Batman or? Begins is 2006. 2004. No, sorry. Yeah. Um, maybe like historical movies, but like that—that's like a lot of movies. I don't know. I couldn't. Uh, you I know really what? couldn't tell you. Let me look up something real quick then, and you'll continue. I think that kind of sums up how we feel about Avengers Endgame. Good I'm, chapter close. Yep, great chapter close. I'm sad. To, it, like, ooh, that's that's perfect chapter close. You know how the end of a book can feel a little weird. Yeah, like you're sad about the book ending. Yeah, and, and you know the book's coming to a close. Mm, yeah, That's exactly how it. Endgame feels. Yeah. You you feel the pages getting lighter. You know things have to wrap up. Usually the end of the book gets a little weird. You know, you're reading those <laughs> Percy Jackson books. You're like, why are they on a cruise ship, dude? Makes no sense. <laughs> I don't know anything about um, Percy Jackson. But all Isaac reads is young adult fiction. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's when I used to try to read. Right, right. Now right, I've come right. to terms with myself and, and the truth that I am uh, dyslexic. You so. got to read 1984. I do. Wait, I did. Oh. I read 1984. You're talking about uh, Brave New World. Is you got to read Brave New World, too. That is yeah. the one I got to read. 100%. So I'm checking movies that defined the 2000s. Lord of the Rings. Ooh, there you go. But that didn't, that wasn't like the 2000s. You know, that was like up to 2003. 
so here's the movies in the 2000s. I think we're going to um, just kind of conclude conclude our discussion about Endgame. And we're going to go for a couple more minutes talking about movies at the 2000s and sum up with some generational stuff. Okay, so we got Almost Famous, American Psycho, Gladiator, High Fidelity. Ooh, you could talk about those like Roman movies. Uh, those like are kind of... Big, big historical blockbusters. Yeah, Memento. It's kind of always been that A- way. AI? What? Donnie Darko. No, these like Days. Donnie Darko and Memento are like cult movies. I know. Days Later, City of God, Kill Bill, Lord of the Rings, Anchorman. Maybe zombie movies. Eternal Sunshine. Yeah, that's a good one. Million Dollar Baby, Children of Men. Apocalypse movies. I think that's what. Apocalypse yeah. movies. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I, I'll. Um, the Departed. Pan's Labyrinth. I don't Labyrinth. know, though. We're. I mean, there was a lot of apocalypse movies, but was that like defining of the era? I don't know. No Country for Old Men? I guess there was... I mean, there's a lot of great movies in the 2000s, and they span a lot of genres. What is this list? But I think think we can definitively call this decade the the superhero decade. I 100% Yeah, no, totally. Um, Just in gross... uh, you know what I'm gonna look up is is the movie movies that made the most money in the 2000s. Mm. I think that's really the call because we're getting a lot of art snobs. Stuff. Avatar, 2008. Shut up. That was 2008. Yep. Wow. It seems like way longer, right? Yeah. And they're making four more. <laughs> <laughs> Which is Ugh. insane. I like that movie isn't even that good. It's not even that good. In fact, kind of a bad movie. I don't like uh, Avatar at all. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, this is good. I actually like. What about this. like special effects movies? Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Um, highest grossing films of the O thousands. Dark Knight starts at number one. Uh, what? That's not true. Uh, five hundred and thirty-three million in domestic box office. Oh, was Avatar twenty eleven? I think it was kind of sooner. Uh, or later than what you're saying. Yeah, I think Avatar must have been 2011 then. Uh, Shrek 2. What? Uh, with uh, 40... <laughs> what uh, is this $436.7 million dollars in you're the You're joking, office. right? No, I'm not. This is number two. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. Uh, number three. Spider-Man. Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen. Episode three. Pfft, Star Wars Episode three. Uh, Return of the King didn't yeah, make the, as much as episode three. The prequels. Yeah. Although that started in 1999. Yeah. Spider-Man 2, Passion of the Christ, Avatar. Avatar only made what? domestic box office uh, 350. Oh, that's domestic though. Yeah. Is that what you're looking at? Domestic box office? Yeah. Okay. Well, global box office. Are you, are you joking that it only made 300 million? Yeah. That yeah. seems measly. Yeah. Nowadays. Highest grossing... Uh, what should I do? Highest... Uh, what am I looking worldwide, for? Global? Worldwide box office. Yeah. Or global box office. Um, I thought Avatar made the most money out of all of the movies. I thought it made them... It was the highest grossing movie since the Titanic. Or Titanic. Hmm. So this is 2000 to 2009 last day. Yeah. Uh, sort of by U.S. box office. What? I, I want it by... Uh, they do, do they not do global box office? I'm Yeah, they, they have to. 
what the heck is this list? What is this list? Tell this me. This is IMDb. Yeah. Featured film, uh, feature films released between 2000 and 2009, sorted by U.S. box office ascending. Or is it? Should it be ascending or ascending? Should be. Descending, oh. right? Oh, whoops. That was at zero. <laughs> that was at zero. I was like, what is this movie? It made no money. It made zero dollars. <laughs> Hang on. Let's let's shout out this movie. It was we like should... baby, uh, what is it? It's baby uh, geniuses? No. ZZZX uh, Road? What? It's ZYZZYX Road. It's, yeah, they, I mean, they didn't know anything about SEO, so that's why the, the movie didn't make any money. Dog Eat Dog, Ground Zero, Beautiful Boxer, Ouch, Intervention, Evil Cult, Uncut, <laughs> New Day, and can you Old go de- Can you go decent? Yeah, oh, right, all right, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. Uh, <laughs> so Avatar is number one. Yeah, that's what I thought. That is such a weird list, that other one. Then Dark Knight, Shrek 2, Pirates of the Caribbean, Spider-Man, Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen, Finding Nemo, Episode 3. Uh, Return of the King, Spider-Man 2, Passion of the Christ, uh, another Lord of the Rings, Spider-Man 3. Passion of the Christ was the highest uh, gross, highest grossing R-rated movie until Deadpool, how which far, tells you a lot. How tells far you a we've lot. come. No. <laughs> Deadpool, he's like X-Men, right? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Deadpool's Marvel. So he could cross over. But no, 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 because Deadpool, it was made by Fox. Yeah. I just, I think that Wow, dude, there's tons of Harry Potter, Spider-Man, Lord of the Rings, and um uh, mm, po- all the basically all the Harry Potter movies. So everything everything Harry Potter, everything Pirates of the Caribbean, everything Lord of the Rings, everything Spider-Man, everything uh and the prequels. All the all the prequels, all uh the Indiana Jones Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, um Twilight and anything Pixar. So Terrible big budget sequels is what you're telling. Yeah, that's what I'm me. telling you. They're they're, and they're Pixar holding movies. the the box office, man. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, Blindside is at 39. Really? Yeah. I remember seeing that. Me too. Uh. Yeah. Okay. But but that's besides the point. What we about the compl- 2020s? Completely well, off the rails. What Cameron? are we gonna look forward to? In the 2020s. Hopefully less Captain Marvel. <sighs> what are they? Where are they going next? Have they announced? Yeah, they have. Yes, they Some have. New Spider-Man movie. New Black Panther. Black Panther 2. And a uh, bunch of spin-off TV Captain shows. Captain Marvel 2. Is there really Captain Marvel 2 playing? I bet. I don't know. Guardians 3 is what I'm looking forward to. So, yeah, they're kind of just they're simmering just, down. Yeah. Yeah, that's they'll fine do with it. me. I'm sure they're going to wait till uh, mid-2020 to relaunch the Avengers with a female Iron Man uh, Captain Marvel, they'll get they'll they'll just do a new team. Yeah. Uh, um, and I think a phase two will do fine for the next generation, and it will just continue to make money. So, printing money like Disney always does. Like Disney, every single trailer Disney does, they're like the final conclusion <laughs> to the epic saga that never the finale is now, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, apparently, the um, these live quote unquote live action uh remakes of animated movies apparently they did well because now I we're getting them. aladdin and the lion king i know so apparently like the tarzan movie did really well the uh Shut beauty the up. beauty and the beast movie did really well apparently now they're just ma- they're just 
apparently just printing money. I want to know who's going to those movies. We need to talk to them. Sit them down and say, do something with your life. Guys, if Thanos is real, you are the ones that are going to go in this now. Guys, you know this. You could get Aladdin on VHS from Blockbuster for four ninety five per day. Guys, you could you could you could see a better movie. You could watch yes. a better movie than the live action Lion King. Although it's got a really good cast. Yeah, I did I did notice that. Eric Andre was in there. Yeah, for some and reason. so was um uh so was Keegan Michael Key and a bunch of other people. It's just a big a big group, man. They got um they got that one guy back, James Earl Jones back There's, to do the voice of Simba. There you obviously. go. He's like, just let me retire, please. Oh no, sorry. He's the voice of Mufasa. Duh. Yeah. Oh man, I'm. I'm I don't just... care. I don't care. You're not, you're not a real film guy. <sighs> wink, wink. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode forty three of Everything Comes from Something for sure. It's gonna be I just VR. It. It's gonna be VR films. That's gonna be the twenty twenties. <laughs> Can't you tell I'm trying to wrap up a show, Cameron? I know, but guys, I don't let want me to. let me just tell you something. When, while I was counting down the show to start recording, Cameron takes a big long slurp of his uh, <laughs> sweet tea, um, and I'm like, dude, I'm not going to start the show. You're not even ready. You're not even ready. To I go. was ready though. He was not ready. I was ready. What if you started this podcast and you just heard? <laughs> that'd be horrible. And then you just left. You never downloaded. Like, guys, again. you want to hear about one of my greatest phobias? It would be listening to this show. Hmm. I'm afraid of this show too. You never listen to it. <laughs> no, I, I you never, never get do. better. I abs- That's not true. <laughs> I feel like I've gotten a lot better actually. I gotta get some WD forty on this squeaky chair. You guys wee, can hear wee, it wee. in the in the recording. I know you can. It's because we're um, we're actually sitting on one chair. We're actually you didn't know that we're not wealthy at all. So uh, you can just support us on Patreon if you want. Uh, we're sitting in my room. We've got one mic, one chair. We have to share. <laughs> It's called Front and Back, Isaac. All right, so we'll see you next week, and uh, thanks for listening to the show.